the incomparable. Number 550, January 2021. Pitter patter, let's get at her. Welcome back to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell, and we're talking about something uh, very special in this episode. It's a comedy show called Letter Kenny. You may know it in Canada. It's on a Canadian crave. I don't. I don't even know where it is. It's on Canada TV. Uh, in America, it's on Hulu. It's a really funny show that's done nine seasons. You can and should watch them all. And we're going to talk about why we love Letter Kenny, a show about Hicks in Canada. Very verbal, intelligent, referential. Uh, profane, etc. Hicks in Canada. Joining me to talk about the wonderful Hicks who live in Letterkenny and cause many of its problems are these wonderful people. Philip Michaels joins me. Phil, uh, how are you now? I, I'm I'm good, and you? <laughs> I, I think we were supposed to talk over each other at the same time. Yeah, probably. Really <laughs> probably. Properly. Uh, it, uh, uh, yep. uh, yes, and I think also uh, not to not to immediately uh, uh, jump on you, but I think you're giving short shrift to the skids and the hockey players. And you're right. Also live in you're right. There are also skids and hockey players. Yes, well, you're right. I apologize. Uh, to Riley and Jonesy for Skids what I've done. right now are picketing outside your house or at least dancing very happily. They are. There's, I can house. hear the electronic music from here. Lisa Schmeiser is also here. Hello. There's a special place in heaven for animal lovers. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, we have Casey Liss back for his fourth run at the Zeppelin. Hi, Casey. Hey, how are you now? Good and you? Uh, And a first timer here, Don Schaffner. Don, welcome. Hey, Pitter Patter. Pitter Patter. Let's let's get at her. I was talking to my wife today. Uh, So so you're talking to your wife about a podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was saying, like, where do we talk? Talking about a comedy on the on a podcast is hard because it's like there are the recurring bits and the catchphrases. We're getting those out already. It's going to happen the whole rest of the way. But like, I, I want to talk with all of you first about what, like, what is this show? <laughs> and Agreed, agreed. Why is it so interesting and different? And the, the, the I'll, I'll throw out a, an initial theory, which is, I think one of the great things about this show is the, the, uh, the difference between the fact that it is basically about skids and hockey players and hicks in rural Canada. And, Yet it is also kind of super verbal, very smart dialogue, lots of references, lots of recurring bits, feels kind of more, at at many points, much more like a sketch comedy show than an actual uh, conventional sitcom. And I I find the clash of the subject matter and the content, if if I, I could describe this show in a way to make it as unappealing as possible. Okay, I'm going to try that now. <laughs> it's about a bunch of farmers in rural Canada who get in fights and drink a lot. And then sometimes it's also about a bunch of hockey players who talk talk a good game but don't skate a good game. And they get in fights and, and drink a lot and sleep with a lot of babes. And then also some burnouts in rural Canada who take a lot of drugs and get in fights and also DJ. That's what this show is, but it's 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 all it's so much more. So so tell me, do you all you know any of you have some theories about what what makes it what it is? You very much hit it on the head because um, 
and Lisa for Lisa as as is always is the one who brings wonderful things into into our household and says oh we're going to watch this show and she basically described it as you just did and I said well that sounds stupid and then it's <laughs> not not it's very appealing and uh yeah it's it's I think the um the enjoyment I get from it is the is entirely the dialogue. I, I think it would be fair to describe the plotting as loose, <laughs> not really, yeah. not really, not really a lot of threads that are that are that are linked together. And you you won't need a vision board with red strings pointing into the the different plot complications. It's it's really just all about the 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 dialogue and really the. Um, the cold openings of the show where it's usually um, uh, Gerald Kiso is the main character, Wayne talking with his pals. Um, that, that could be a show all on its own. You could just do a little five minute show. I think that's where the show came from is like YouTube yeah, clips it, that were literally that. YouTube, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like this show is kind of like the, um, the, the, the drug doing cousin of Shit's Creek. Because <laughs> there's this really great sensibility in both of them, um, where they're they're just they're just fun hangout comedies, and people do grow and change a little bit over time. But there's no very special episodes, and relationships do evolve and get more complex. But no one ever makes a big deal about it. And there's just a big vein of absurdity running all the way through it and the thing that like i find that leonard kitty and shit's creek both have in common is the absurdity is just part and parcel of living there and everyone's like yeah that's that's how it is of, of course we have this group of black overall weirdos who hang out outside the dollar general and dance like the first time i saw that in episode one season one i was like what in the ham ham pat and, and but it's just Okay, you go to Letterkenny, and that's what happens when you go to the Dollar General. There's Bonnie McMurray, and then there's a bunch of skids outside <laughs> dancing violently. <laughs> and and Schitt's Creek is kind of the same way, where they have their 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 town weirdos, and everyone's like, "Yeah, it's just how it gets done." And I find that kind of energy really soothing in a way. Like it's, it's just this acceptance of of how things are, and people work out their little problems, and it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, something I like about the show is that. At least to me, much of the humor is right there on the surface and easy to grab. And and not every show that I watch is like that. And I can't think off the top of my head of a good like uh, uh, opposite to to Letterkenny. But there's so much happening so quickly, and the humor is right there for the taking. It's not the sort of thing where it's like super intellectual and you have to really think it through. Now there's plenty of references and there's plenty of you know back references to earlier in the show, but. It's so easily approachable, and it was striking to me because my wife and I started watching a a different comedy, American comedy, at the same time we started watching Letterkenny, and in this one, I found myself just hysterical almost immediately, <laughs> whereas the other one, it, it was one of those you know typical American comedies where the first season kind of sucked, and, and it, you know, we're really trying to ease our way into it, and I kept thinking to myself, why am I going through all this work on this other comedy? I can just watch Letterkenny and be rolling within the first five minutes, <laughs> which are many episodes, like you guys had said. It, it's, it, I love that even though there is more to it than meets the eye, there's so much right there for you that you can just grab hold of it, you know, grab it by the haunches right from the very beginning. And that, I just love that. 
So, so first of all, let me say I'm very jealous of those of you who can watch this with your spouses, because in my house, we have um, the shows that we watch together, and then <laughs> uh, we have the shows that we watch separately. And, and for me, Letterkenny is one of those shows. But to, to your point, Casey, it it goes down so easy. So I, I, knew, I knew we were going to record this. I knew season nine dropped on Christmas Day, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, crap, the show is coming up. The, the Incomparable is coming up, and I haven't watched it. But... It just goes down so easy. I, I think I watched the first eight seasons just over lunch. Like I would watch a half, <laughs> a half an episode at lunch, and the next lunch I'd pick up the other half. And the thing, the thing that gets me about the show is, like, despite the way that you've described these, these drinking, smoking, drug-doing, fighting, fighting. people— Everyone is very sweet. There's always a fight mm-hmm. scene. No one is ever bleeding. No one ever gets black eyes from the fighting. It's all it's all just sort of very very it's just very sweet and ethereal and and the and the the skids like they they do drugs but they're not really they talk, everybody talks a lot about doing drugs, but nobody really does. I mean, they all drink too much, but they can't possibly drink as much as they seem to drink. Right. And they all smoke, but they clearly they don't smoke. I mean, it's just it's just this very just sort of very sweet little oasis in this you know mythical town in Canada. It's just it's just so weird. You know, it's funny you say that. I almost wonder if if you were trying to bring together the elevator pitch from the last you know five minutes of us talking. It's it's a very wholesome comedy about very not wholesome people, exactly. which is probably yes. not unique, but but I, that, that's what I love about it. And and there is a lot of depth to it. I know I just spent a few minutes saying how how much is on the surface, but I feel like there is a lot of depth to it. And it's funny because as I've gotten more and more into the show, I've started to you know do that standard thing of like looking for interviews with the cast and and, and crew and writers. And one of the things that they've said repeatedly, and you know, this cued me with what you had said, Don, is that they really don't appreciate bullying in the show, which is funny because the the, the main character, Wayne, is established in the very first episode as being the toughest guy in Letterkenny. Yep. And and as you said, you know, there's constant fights throughout every season. And yet <laughs> But but I just so I, I finished season nine and then I went back and I watched S one E one and there's the first scene with the hockey players in the driveway and oh, and Wayne Wayne clearly does not want to fight with them and he yep, and yep. he and Derry just just you know verbally repose these guys who get so confused oh. about yep, yep. what they're trying to do it's I mean again if you if you if you haven't seen the show why are you listening to this but right, but but indeed. a really good thing to do to see if the show is for you and I, I have to say my my podcast buddy Ben was telling me about this show and Merlin was talking about it and then finally I just sat down and I watched that opening scene from S1E1 and it's like oh okay I get it I'm in like let me let, I want more of this right yeah I think one of the interesting things about the way the show is structured is that it, it is this combination of kind of unlikely things that 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 I think provides a lot of joy just because there's the I mean I grew up in a small town on on 40 <laughs> acres and we had cows and like uh, I I kind of get the rural lifestyle and all that, and yet you also have like when we meet Wayne's sister, um, she's in a relationship with two hockey players. No one bats an eye. No They're one like, bats an eye. This is completely normal. Of course, you date like two people with half a working brain between them. And then through throughout the series, right? That's one of the things that I think is remarkable is that although this is a small town, Letterkenny, Ontario, it is. 
you know, th- there's uh, different sexual orientations. There's a lot of sex positivity. Uh, Professor Tricia tells me a lot of things about <laughs> feminism, as uh, we hear from Squirrely Dan a lot. My favorite unseen character is Professor yeah. Pr- yeah. Professor yeah. Professor Tricia says that I hope that she never appears. No, because she's just mm-hmm. been yep. built up. Yep. So. We have Gail, the bartender at Modine's, the various Modine's bars that happen, and she she is just all about uh, grinding away and swaying her hips and talking about sex the whole time and like i feel like that actress has to be like taking epsom salt baths every night and, and just a lot of ad she's working hard she's working hard but but <laughs> like I, her hips are on ball bearings i think this, this is that's one of the remarkable <laughs> things is like this show is all those things it is a show about like this rural life and yet the the people in it other than the dgens i hate the dgens but other than that um <laughs> everybody hates the dgens have, uh, right DJs from up country they're Ugh. they're um they're like it's just you're right it is kind of it's sweet and they're open and they're accepting and nobody really does bat an eye at anything and there's there's lots of sex talk but there's sex talk from men and from women and from men about men and from women about women and like we've got the two because we get riley and jonesy who are our hockey players who i i i I think are delightful they are both a a saturday night live (laughs) sketch recurring sketch and also just these kind of wonderfully hilarious uh recurring characters uh but they ha- they meet their um, their gay twins essentially. Yeah, so the, the funhouse mirror version of them. Yeah, them, but they like dudes. Yeah, so. yes, and it's and that's and that's remarkable. So that's one of the things that I think is really uh, very clever about it is that the show oh, God, the show the is very open and welcoming and. Uh, and that's lovely while also, yeah, the, if you, you know, Wayne is probably going to have to fight you and uh, he never loses. <laughs> right. that, that's also going to happen. What I love about the the show is it's become the Borg and engulfed everybody because the whole point to the first season is at the end of it, like the skids have crossed Tannis, but everybody shows up to fight for the skids. And by season two and three, like, Tannis and her crew are effectively like the 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 res auxiliary for Letter Kenny mm-hmm. and vice versa. And you, you know, you have Gay who gets sent back and forth from the city. The hockey players are now part and parcel of of the whole hangout squad. Like it's for for all that there are five thousand people in Letterkenny, I I actually think there's closer to ten, and they all hang out in a parking lot and get drunk together. <laughs> well, it's 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 very Victor Hugo. It's very uh, there are eight yeah. people in in eighteenth century France, and they're all here. They're all yeah, so, well, but, at Modine's three. Yeah, I it just mm-hmm. the the thing I loved about the opening of season nine was when after they all have driven south to kick Dirk's butt. Um, you see them all having breakfast afterwards and it's the skids and the hockey players and the hicks and whatever you want to call the McMurray's. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know like how you classify the McMurray's. The swingers, the swingers, right? I mean, the swingers and, and Gail is there and they're all just hanging out. It's, it's great. <laughs> the only group that doesn't get like sucked into the the Letterkenny uh, uh, fold are the Quebecois. So. <laughs> well, that's true. Though they 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 circle. You know, I love going to yeah. Quebec. It's great, yeah. great there in Quebec. Quebec. Great yeah. fishing in Quebec. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like if I were Canadian, I'd probably find that even funnier than I already do. There's probably some intra-Canadian thing going on with oh they're they're just like each other except the Quebecois always wear the blue buffalo plaid shirts and and apparently have better jobs like <laughs> they're all bankers. Mm. <laughs> 
Well, they Mont- for Montreal's TV a financial Vic, center, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. right. But otherwise, they're, yeah. they're, I mean, they're literally, we've seen the mirror image of the Letterkenny mm-hmm. crew. That's the, the French-Canadian version, which is... That's a great. That's a great bit too. It's been fascinating for me because I I did watch and love Schitt's Creek, but I, I can't think of any other like uniquely Canadian media that I've consumed. And this way more than Schitt's Creek, if you ask me, really leans into its Canadianness. And you know, there's a lot of Canadian slang that maybe I'm just ignorant, but I had never heard of like dart for cigarette as an mm-hmm. example, yep. or yep. or mm-hmm. uh, what is it, schnief or something like that for cocaine. Yep. Um, and, and all, all the important I'd never known. Canadianisms yeah, the important that you got to yeah, know. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but it, it's it's been fascinating and, and kind of delightful to see uh, to see the the Canadian culture come out in this. And and another thing that I think is really delightful. And Lisa, you brought the, brought up you know the beginning of this most recent season. One of the things that I do love about Letterkenny is that it really does have heart. Yes, it's all pretty lighthearted for the most part, and yes, it's all. For, you know, not that cerebral for the most part, but nevertheless, it does have heart. And I was rewatching a bunch of episodes, you know, cramming for this test that is this podcast. <laughs> and I watched um, the tail end of season eight, which was the next to the most recent season and the beginning. And I rewatched all of season nine. And I kid you not, I've seen the end, the very, the very end of the very last episode of season eight. I don't know, probably four or five times now. And every time I watch it, I feel like I love it that much more. And this is when the, the, they realize or they find out that Dirks has been cheating on Katie Cat, and and <laughs> th- without any without any actual dialogue, the way it's it's directed <sighs> and the way it's written is so perfect and so beautiful, really. Mm-hmm. Where you know Wayne just shows up to Day Beer's Day, and there's nothing said on on or there, we don't hear anything said. And immediately everyone starts jumping in their trucks and their cars to go and kick Dirk's butt. They're like a they're they're like a swarm, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and when they arrive, and when they arrive, and Katie is just standing there stoic, and mm-hmm. everyone just swarms, and it's just it's so it, it seems so cheesy to say that this like this almost fight scene is beautiful, but I really truly think it is just so beautifully done. And so much of Letterkenny, I think is well done in ways that you wouldn't expect from what is apparently, or what what seems to be a very lowbrow, what seems to be an unintelligent comedy, but actually isn't. It's, it's very intelligent. That's one of the things about it, right? Is right, once they exactly. start talking, the, their use of dialogue, the, the, the words that they choose and not just when they're going on a pun run or something like that, where that, which, <laughs> which also happens, but that, that it's it's so smart and that's one of the mm-hmm. things that I love about how it's sort of tempered with yeah you describe it and it seems dumb but then you watch it and you realize oh no it's actually the very opposite of dumb I feel like the Letterkenny team is super literate in um a lot of movie and TV conventions uh-huh. too. Cause you talk about how beautifully the fight scenes are shot. Their dance scenes are equally beautiful. And so are the hockey scenes. And I feel like for the team behind letter Kenny, those three things are basically one and the same to them. Like they're really <laughs> yeah, dedicated, right, yeah. right. like they're really dedicated to showing you the rhythm and the music and the, the kinesthetic patterns that go into all three forms of what are arguably communal expression. And, and they do that. And then, 
they'll turn around and they'll also show you how effortlessly they can nail sitcom convention. Cause like one of my favorite runs of episodes is right after Wayne discovers Mary Fred's been cheating on him and he goes into his shack and watches Miss Fire <laughs> repeatedly. And yes. all you hear are like little snippets of what this terrible sitcom from the 1970s or 1980s is supposed to be, including private parts and, um, you know, and, and then the, the catch phrase, excuse me, please. And thank you. And, and then the audience hooting like morons whenever that comes exactly. up. Exactly. And then there's the proposal where the audience is all, oh, and <laughs> it's just these teeny tiny snippets are a perfect summation of, of all of these mediocre sitcoms from, from a really specific period from the mid 70s to the mid 80s. And they're just super literate in how to tell stories by subtly picking up all of the the genre conventions you may not be aware that you know and they just put them right in there and it's underneath like two tons of um oh very good betty ann i would say but you know? <laughs> or you know um rolled falling on the floor in a fit of anxiety or or what whatever else they happen to be doing the weird the weirdness that they layer on top of that it's it's a show that works on like three different levels and at least just an like in an incredibly unshowy way though they're not like look at how smart we are look at how clever we are it's just these are people who are really good at what they do and they don't feel the need to tell you that because they're like either you'll figure it out or you won't yeah let's um but there are so many characters in this show and i figure we should just kind of walk walk through the the blocks of characters and talk about what makes them so interesting um starting with the main group the main group is obviously wayne who is our main character but he's got his his uh friends uh, Derry and Squirrely Dan and his sister Katie and especially early on but really for most of the run of the show the core of the show is that they're sitting at their farm stand in their in their little lawn chairs um, drinking beer and nobody is there and they just talk <laughs> that's what they do is talk and uh, Derry has always got his uh, his uh, like jumpsuit kind of thing on and barn clothes. Barn clothes, yeah. Barn, yeah, <laughs> barn clothes. And Squirrely Dan has his hat. Squirrely Dan appends S's to most of the words that he speaks, which is a... Yes, f- he speaks in plural. Fascinatings yes. uh, thing that That's he does. That's what he appreciates about him. That's what I appreciate about him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Professor Professor Trishes says that... Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then Katie, who is... Uh, like I said, she, she is... Um, Wayne is protective of her, but also she is going to live her own life and do her own stuff. And boy, she does in the course of the show. And she's, you know, she's dating various people and she's got, there's lots of drama, but she's also got some sense that she tries to knock into the boys. And it's a whole little thing. And sometimes they're at the, the, sometimes they're at the the kitchen table. One of the delightful things about Letterkenny being a Canadian show is that you'll have seasons where everything is summer and green. And then you'll have a season and it's winter and everything is cold and everybody's inside because there's snow everywhere. Um, But those four are they are the heart of the show and i feel like so much of it is really somebody had a good idea for a comedy bit and they can bounce it off of all of those different characters in different ways and you know from the very first it's the first episode with the super soft birthday party right isn't that episode one <laughs> i that's think episode that's two. two yeah so from very early on you also realize that there's going to be a 
they've got a history. They've got their own inside jokes that we're going to be let in on, and that also that that with their they're they're tight, but also they're also digging at each other as they go. And you definitely learn the quirks that that Derry and and Squirrely Dan have, and how Wayne pokes at them. And I don't know that that I it's a it's a pretty great set of four. I, I don't know. Like I think part of the secret of any successful comedy is casting, and and uh, the this four, including the guy who's the star and the co creator of the show, uh, I think that they're pretty perfect. Like, like Wayne is Wayne is the big tough guy, right? And and but like Derry is such a weird dude. <laughs> and he's only gotten weirder. He's gotten the sitcom <laughs> disease, whereas the, the longer the show runs, the, there's a, always a character that becomes stupider over time, yeah. and he seems to have <laughs> been afflicted with that in the latter seasons. Yeah. I wish you weren't so freaking awkward, bud. <laughs> <laughs> and Swirly Down has has depth that is surprising. That's oh, I feel the like that's his depth yeah, is one of the best surprising. things about the show. Yeah. yeah. And and to go back just a second to Wayne, I, I think one of the the unsung heroes of Letterkenny, at least for me, is uh, Jared Kiso's physical comedy. Like the, so much of the way that Wayne moves in doing rudimentary things is, I find it to be so funny. Like every time he stands up, he does it with like such a, such an urgency and such a, such a dedication to just standing up out of a chair. Like if you've not seen the show, I probably sound absolutely bananas right now. But seriously, watch the first no, episode. His, his limbs are a little. About. Too stiff, and he does it a little too fast, and it's like that every time. And he doesn't have an he doesn't his neck never moves. His, no. his entire body will turn when he needs to talk. To and someone. he's really always squinting. G, he's like a 1980s GI Joe doll. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, it's it's what he looks like is if you animated a 1980s GI Joe doll, where like only some of the limbs are articulated, but the head doesn't move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's consistent, right? Because because yeah. again, I'm thinking about season nine, episode two, kids with problems. Every time he flips the chair around, right? It's like he's going to crack his legs, like sitting backwards in yeah. a chair. I mean, it's just it's just delightful. Yeah, that's good. It, yeah. It's a it's a good character, and of course, he's the guy who always fights and 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 never loses. Which is the the fights are not brutal. They're they're ridiculous. I I've come to love them because they are mm. they are like they're ridiculous. They're like, like it's not nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be horribly wounded. Nobody's gonna die. They are like play fights they're like play fights that you would do if you were in, at a in school doing a like we're going to do a pretend fight and i'm going to make a sound effect that that's what those fights are kind of like which is why they're charming and not you know horrifying to, to see them there um but yeah squirrely dan the the fact that he quotes professor trisha from his women's studies class um is just is fascinating and and you know Derry is uh he's kind of a sad sack but he he's he's trying and uh he's a he's a loyal friend and i don't know it's a it's a great little uh great little combination and then from the beginning you know we know that katie is going to do what she wants because the beginning she's with uh with the, the hockey players and and uh, she's with that. riley and jonesy riley and jonesy the one thing i i will say i'm a little bit disappointed with um how Katie has kind of arced over the the course of nine seasons, which it sounds like a real jerk complaint because a lot happens over nine seasons. But when she starts the show, like you said, Katie is somebody who does what she wants. And, but she's also somebody who I don't want to, I don't think she's a meddler per se, but she is somebody who likes helping 
people solve their problems. And like Stuart is her project for a couple of seasons. And you see that at the end of season two, she gets kind of restless and decides to go off to the city and model for a while. And when she comes back, she drags back the two models she's dating and they're her next project. And then by the latter seasons, she's just kind of there. And um, her sense of purpose seems to have diffused. And um, for all that, I really love how the Dierks storyline plays out because there's that very satisfying slow motion ending to season eight. And I did really like watching her, you know, fall in love and try to grapple with, um, you know, not being, not, not being the one with the most power in the relationship at all times, which is where she usually is with the dating stuff. Like, I feel like she's kind of stalled out a bit as a character. Um, so that's just one mild thing. Where I'm like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe push her a little bit more, give her a little bit more depth again. Cause she had some at the beginning, but it seems like she's flattened out a bit. I would say that one of the challenges, uh, I was going to get to this later, but we might as well grapple with it now. One of the challenges of doing mm-hmm. nine seasons and 61 episodes of a show that is essentially a sketch mm-hmm. comedy show strung together right. with bits yeah. is that when you're in the, in season eight and season nine, I, I sense a struggle because they want on one level they do sort of want their characters pro- to progress and tell stories about their characters doing things at the same time they also don't want to really do that because they just want to do the jokes and i i was baffled at the end of maybe you can talk me out of this but at the end of season 9 yep. uh wayne it, it ends yep. with wayne's french canadian yep. girlfriend out in the parking lot and like i don't know Wayne broke up with his for his first girlfriend. He dated. He didn't date, and then he dated, and and he eventually uh, dates the French Canadian girlfriend, and then she cheats on him, and then he goes back to his original girlfriend, and they got married right off. No, they got engaged. They got engaged no. right in season in season eight. So for for the show to end season nine with him seeing her in the parking lot, I was like, show. I don't know what you want me to think here. Because this this should not be dramatic, and if are are you gonna do this again? Because I, I just like I feel like they they are retreading. They've been doing it so long that they're kind of retreading character bits because they don't they have do anywhere to go. Things with with cliffhangers on that show that um, cliffhangers that really aren't because they have the one where at the end of the the one season they were having a party and then he catches Tannis's eye and at the time he was dating and Tannis sort of gives him the hey the come hither look and <laughs> he goes tither. And uh, <laughs> then the uh, the series returns next summer, and they're all and nothing happens. So put your put your mind at rest there. So and I I have a feeling we're gonna get that in season ten. There'll be a yeah, uh, there she was, and now we're doing the sketch for for season ten. Or she'll be like, look, here's your League of Evil exes, and I can give you the information that gets Anik yeah. and Dierks and this horrible lady who harassed our beloved hockey players. I can tell you how to drop them and keep Tennis's hockey team because they like to wrap up their problems fairly quickly. Yeah, and move on to new problems. Right, because it's not the point. Yeah. It, yeah. Ultimately, yeah. it's not the point, right? Ultimately, it's right. the characters. But I feel like when you talk about Katie's character, it's a little bit of that too, which is they do stuff yeah. with, with Katie's character, and then they're like, well, what are we going to do now? And then they do some other stuff. And if you try to think yeah. of it logically as a human being's life uh, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure it really holds together because yeah. they're just really yeah. trying to move the characters through and give them stuff to do to hang you know to hang jokes 
off of and and other kind of recurring bits off of, which is one th- funny thing about the short season, short episode format of this show is that it is, you know, you, you can have an episode that's essentially just a couple of running bits and cross cut between them. And it's, you know, you're taking two sketches basically, and it's an episode of, of Letterkenny. And they do that a lot. And I don't mind it. I think that's actually part of the, the charm of it is that it's not a sitcom really kind of, but, um, but they do sometimes I think struggle with, with, uh, after it's been on this long, like you, where do you, you take that? Where do you take everybody? You can apply too much logic to it or yeah. Or you've given yeah. them to, you've t- told jokes now that people are like, well, wait a second. Didn't you already say that she was like this? And now she's like that. And the answer is we're just telling jokes, man. <laughs> well, yeah. and it's the, it's the end of season nine. So we need to do something. Oh, let's, uh, let's have Wayne now have another woman come back into his life. It's like, oh, and we well, like that actress and we wanted to bring her back. We, so we'll put her in the parking yeah, lot at the end. But, we, but, but, but we've already seen this a couple of times. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you guys are kind of, it's like, uh, this okay. I mean, I, again, I'm not going to, I'm not following the show because I really care about Wayne's love interest, right? That's not, mm-hmm. that's not my reason for watching this show. Um, I want to talk about the hockey players, Riley and Jonesy, and the hockey <laughs> stories. Yes. Because one of the, one of the fun, fun things that runs through lots of seasons of this is the story of Riley and Jonesy and of, and of hockey and of the letter Kenny Irish. And then they're on the reservation hockey team for a while. And then they get, now they're, now they've graduated to the beer league hockey and they've got their angry coach <laughs> who yells at them. They've got, there's the recurring bit for a couple of seasons where everybody else in the locker room speaks in a sequence and introduces yes. one another yes. and and that's <laughs> a whole that's a whole bit jonesy riley right and then it's and then it's the all the other guys come in and and oh man it's amazing but also um i don't know i, I it's it's kind of like a separate show it's not because riley and jonesy are in other things but a lot of humor is mined from locker rooms and uh and hockey and the hockey players and uh I loved I loved that. They they kind of fade in and out with that thing and in season 9 it's really about the beer league, which is still pretty funny actually. But um I just wanted to 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 mention the hockey stuff because, you know, first off it is it is Canada, but like those guys, the Riley and Josie, those guys are so dumb and they're so enthusiastic <laughs> and they've got nicknames for everything and they, you know, Ferda <laughs> and like Ferda. all of the, like it's it's <laughs> It is a little show unto itself that I love because it's so absurd and weird. Um, and and so, yeah, I, I want to say I love Riley and Josie. And in fact, there's a, another recurring bit that happens where is there, there's another guy on that team whose yep. face we never the see. Greatest, the greatest character of it's all. It's Shorzy, who literally is just Shorzy. Jared Kiso, but they don't show his face because it's Jared Kiso speaking in a high voice and insulting the moms, basically, of Riley and Jonesy. And and. I that's one of those bits where I'm like I don't know if I like this bit and then like I'm tired of this bit and I'm like oh okay I kind of like this bit and then it goes away for a while and in season nine he reappears and I'm like oh my god I actually am nostalgic about Shorzy now I'm like excited that Shorzy is back which is like a joke that I didn't like until I finally did and that your lives are so sad I ran a 15k to raise awareness (laughs) (laughs) See, I love Shorzy so much. I watch super cuts of Shorzy's insults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's no, I agree it's with a good you, bit. He killed all my fighting fish. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good bit. I just, There's a pH in the tank off. I just thought it was really weird because it's like, well, I guess Jared so Kiso really wants to be in the hockey scenes, but he can't be as Wayne, so he's just going to be this other bit, and he's going to just talk for a long time and insult the, the hockey players. So, and he just, they're, they're always like nearly in tears at the end of it, and it's it's so sad. It's hilarious, and at the same time, I just feel so bad for poor Riley and Jonesy because all they want is to go to the bathroom without Shorzy talking in terrible <laughs> technicolor detail about how he's violating their mother uh-huh. on a nightly basis. <laughs> well, he's apparently upside down in the stall, right? I mean, Oh God, no, it's, yep. it's, oh, it's, it's all over. No, what I, I love about Riley and Jonesy is the season where they were coaching the women's hockey team and um, Riley would start <laughs> off with ladies and Jonesy would be like, I don't think you can call them that anymore. That's not cool. And he'd be like, uh. <laughs> and they were trying, they were trying so hard to like be respectful and meet and, and meet these people where they lived and coach a team and do really well and i find it i find their sincerity so touching like they're they're they're, they're i'm like oh they're like puppies you kind of have to make sure that they don't go in the street unaccompanied because <laughs> <laughs> so they will hurt themselves it's so true and it's funny it's funny hearing the differing opinions about Shorzy because I did not care for Shorzy at first and I have also come around yeah. over time and I think I think Jason you're right that it, it may have been Jared just wanting to get himself into some of the hockey scenes because I saw an interview with him and I can give you a link for you know show notes but I saw an interview with him on, on a Canadian uh, radio show and it's it's a video interview on YouTube and one of the things he talks about is that he growing up in a very small town I think Listowel or something like that um, he was a hockey player and so I find it somewhat funny and kind of interesting that for the purposes of the show that he co-created he isn't a hockey player instead he's one of the hicks and and I, I kind of wonder if he's you know, kind of running home to mama so to speak and, and just really wants to be in those hockey scenes because that's that's what he knew growing up and that's what arguably a lot of the inspiration for the show was yeah and that that makes sense and also that is a very sketch I talk I keep talking about how this is kind of a sketch comedy show it is that's a sketch comedy character if ever there was one but it yeah I came around on Chorzy too I, I in the end it, it's sort of like you go from judging it I went from judging it like a sitcom more which is like what are we doing here to being like all right it's a Chorzy bit here here we go <laughs> and just you just got to go with it because that's what it is it's a it's a bit but I love the hockey stuff I love I love all of it I love I, and, and the coach is, is the great coach with, uh... With, with his dead wife Barb, Barb. his oh dead my wife gosh. Barb, who was such oh. a great, lover. and he's just he's so <laughs> angry and he yells at them and he's sad and he, it's just oh, it's what embarrassing. I, what, I, what I love about the Barb bit is it was clearly a throwaway line <laughs> for one joke in the episode of Trouble at the Golf Course, where oh, where they're insulting him and his wife, and he says, "My my wife died three years ago. <laughs> well, she's in a better place." Mrs. McMurray screams back, "Well, she's in a better place." Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, and then from there, every episode since then, it's been well. My wife Barb was a tender lover, <laughs> so. and like he's gotten more more disgustingly explicit season over season <laughs> yep, over yep, yep. season. And like this last this last this most recent season with the Bear Lake, when he starts getting into the cross country trip that they took in the Winnebago. By the yes. end of it, I was like, oh, I I think I need to sterilize something just to feel clean again. <laughs> <laughs> genius and profane <laughs> i saw um i saw fisky in some other tv show and i'm like where do i know this guy where did i know oh, this no. guy and i'm like did he have yorkie and fisky oh no oh no it's one of the guys from the hockey yeah. locker room 
well, the best guy in the in the line is Boomtown because Boomtown yeah. <laughs> goes from a very confident man to a man whose wife leaves yeah. him. Well, because he was chasing, a, yeah. he was chasing oh, after a puck wife. bunny. Oh my gosh! Uh, I'm a good man. <laughs> the uh, okay, we should talk about the 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 skids. Uh, we got Sturt and Rold and their various other kind of like hangers on that they have over the course of various seasons, and they pick up some in the city and bring them back and all of that. Like, but uh, the uh, very very peculiar. He's they're they're always worried about the dark web. Um, and then there's also, you know, there's DJing and he's a very talented DJ and with an unfortunate... Is he though? Mm, yeah, is he though? Is he though? Sure. With an unfortunate name. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, and various drug deals and other things and, and fights in the parking lot and and uh, conversions in the parking lot. Uh, all sorts of things happen with the skids. If you've got thoughts about the skids, I guess. Now now is the time. I, I enjoy Stuart and Rold. I feel like they finally figured out that the comedy was to be had with those two guys playing off of each other. Um, because after, I think it's season three, Rold becomes basically a regular so that they can they can have those two guys well, and that's when Devin uh, leaves the show. Devin was the original uh, skid second right. in command, as it yeah. were. The vice, the vice skid. The vice, the vice skid, skid yes. right, right. <laughs> Able to serve the main skid's duties if he's uh, 25th Amendmented. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's funny to me that, that uh, Sturt's character, I think, has changed quite a bit over the series. And, and in you know reminding myself of early episodes of, of the show... I was watching, you know, the first couple of seasons and Sturt was strung out in yeah. the first couple of seasons. Yeah. Like oh, he yeah, looked, no, looked gross terrible. and and it was not a good thing. And and I think his character, more than I had originally realized or given him credit for it, has grown quite a bit over the course of the show. And I think sometimes they flounder a little bit with him, wondering where he fits, but by and large, I think that he has one of the more clear arcs of any of the characters on the show, if you ask me. I think it was interesting because I think they, they sensed at the beginning that like the, the skids were really, they were really drug addicts, <laughs> yeah. right? And they're yeah. not, they're not really drug addicts now. They, they, right, you know, they exactly. sort of, play with that but but they're but they're but they're they don't look as to your point casey they don't look as strung out right they look healthy they don't look like people that use drugs um and it's uh, yeah they're really they're much and they're much more too they're much more a part of the rest of the crew right they're just like another yes. bunch of the folks that hang out at, at at the bar right well they're engaged in the community now right right instead of being i mean even when you had um gay come in from the city and they had that that little chant they do, I hate the world, I hate my parents, that that whole thing. Like, it's not true for Stuart anymore. Yeah, I wonder how much of that is the is the actor, Tyler Johnston is is the guy who plays Stuart. There's that bit where, like, Stuart's going get, to get strong, and then he's going to be able to defend yeah. himself. And right. I'm like, I, mm-hmm, I just, mm-hmm. even watching it, I thought, well, this is funny. Because it's Letter Kenny, but also I suspect that this actor is has another part and can't look like a total, <laughs> total like strung out, strung out, uh, falling yeah. apart yeah. drug guy. Yeah. And how do yeah. they explain that? And they explain it as like, well, Stuart had to work out. It's like, okay, he had sure, to, he had to, to go beat somebody. Sure, up. Yeah. okay, uh, okay. It also mixed up the comedy pot a little bit because he ended up. Um, Cross training with um, Joint, Joint Boy, Boy and uh, Tyson. Oh, Joint and Tyson. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And and so and and also with Ronzi and Daxi, like that and and that's a group that you rarely see mixed together, but it worked in that that context yeah, it, it, too. So. Tyson Tyson to me always every time I see him I say, "Oh, someone left Vin Diesel in the dryer too long." <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. Well, I, I like that you can tell what season you're in by how tattooed he is. Mm-hmm. Like it just grows season by season. <laughs> so, so no, no. Um, Rold is my favorite skid. Uh, I think he's, I think he's delightful. And um, just, just I have watched several supercuts on YouTube of the the sort of Stuart, Stuart, Stuart that he does. <laughs> <Yes>. Yep. <laughs> you know, like there's a thousand ways he says it. Uh-huh. It's it's amazing. <laughs> And, and I think half of them are one syllable. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah, right. It's like some of them are some of them are only at levels that dogs can hear. It's just. <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw Glenn in here um, because Glenn often if he must it, it, Glenn ministers to the uh, to the the skids at various points when he's not working at Modine's or doing other things. Yeah. They, they've sort of cut out the, the preacher. Yeah. Jacob Tierney is the co-creator and directs and the director, yeah, the, the show. Um, and then his bit is uh, Glenn, who is kind of a near dwell pastor sort of fellow in town. Uh, not my favorite character, uh, but I, no. I think at this point that, you know, they use him when they've got a good bit to tell with him and otherwise they don't worry about it because he's, he's directing the show and they don't really need to get him involved. If if they don't have to, but he's there. Yeah, if you if you if you've been around comedy as long, I I know Jason, you have, and I have. Uh, the the uh, secretly gay pastor character is a is a very well worn. Been pastor. around, been around, <laughs> de-emphasizing yeah. that a little bit. But he, he mm-hmm. they they have like yeah. Now when they use him, he's more like saying joke lines at Modine's um, with Gail, mm-hmm. which is probably a better right. Better use, yeah. of, use his, of that character, uh, his, his presence. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have uh, we? Uh, well, let's talk about the McMurrays. Um, so first off, first off, uh, Bo- Mrs. McMurray, uh, also related but distantly, is Bo- Bonnie McMurray. Uh, but uh, Mrs. McMurray is is um, Winona Earp from TV's Winona Earp, which is funny because. Um, people who discover Letterkenny after Winona Earp are like, oh, my God. And then I think the same happens if you go the other direction. I, I yeah, turned on a Winona we Earp and I'm direction. like, uh, Mrs. McMurray? <laughs> what? <laughs> and that's just it's the I mean, we mentioned them earlier. This is a very weird. They're like the swinging couple. Um, it just deeply uncomfortable to be around um, M- M- McMurray. <laughs> McMurray as a character is like. And and it's funny because first, as an audience member, you're like, I this guy makes me really uncomfortable, and I don't want to be around him. And then gradually, I would say that all the characters uh, you realize also feel the same way that you do, <laughs> and they don't yes. want to be around McMurray. But he, there he is; he's in town. You got to deal with him. Yeah, I actually have really come to love McMurray. I, I thought he was really creepy and gross at first, as I, I think we were all, you know, designed to do. But he actually cracks me up, and and the absurdity of him and Mrs. McMurray's relationship, and and the absurdity of of him, and and you know when he and Wayne see each other and talk over each other, like all of this, right? Because they're, they're rivals. They're, they're such, like that's that, yeah. that's the initial mm-hmm. point is that he and Wayne are like rivals for the chairmanship of, of the, the Ag Hall of the mm-hmm. Ag Hall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and it's it's everything about it is so dumb and weird, and I I love it so much. And and I actually uh, in my YouTube spelunking, I saw a video. I think it was like after season two, and they're talking to um, all the different characters, or well, actors and actresses uh, about um, what their what their you know, favorite things are and stuff like that. And I forget exactly how the question was phrased, but the guy who plays McMurray, um, Dan, I could not pronounce his last name. I'm not even going to try. Anyway, Dan P, it starts running through all these different accents from like Britain and in, in, in Canada and all that and is doing this phenomenally skilled job. And it wasn't until I saw that I, that I realized, you know, of course he's a really good actor. Yeah. Like you see McMurray and you think there's nothing there, but then you realize, not, no, of course, there's a lot there. You, you yeah, think he's, that's not, not, he's not really McMurray. That's yeah, not right, no. exactly. We're asking exactly. a very talented actor to perform a part over nine seasons where he can't unclench his jaw. His jaw. Right. <laughs> Darren Kiso does not drive a pickup truck out to farms in Ontario and whistle and go, you, get in. We're making a show. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's, I, I really ha- I really like uh, Mr. and Mrs. McMurray, even though they are cr- so cringy, which is not they're, usually my they're cup gross of tea, and all but, that. But no, I, I'm with yeah. you, Casey. Like, I, but, like they found each other, which I feel right, kind of exactly. Sweet. I think you go through the progress <laughs> yes. of like, who are these people? They make me really uncomfortable. And then, as with so many things in Letterkenny, then you're like, okay, well, it, I, I know them now, and it's funny. Like you just kind of like, yeah. all right, I get them now. It's they're funny. part of the family. It's super- Plus, you you get the occasional scene where Mr. Mc, where McMurray, McMurray has to confront the fact that there are gay people in the world. Uh. Uncomfortable. <laughs> that makes. Mm-hmm. Him. Uh, yep. I respect you. I, I'm I'm glad you found me attractive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't so do that. Let, let's also uh. not forget the time that uh, Katie and Mrs. McMurray went into the bathroom at Modine's. I'm just saying. Yes. Yeah. And switch mm-hmm. shirts, if I recall. How correctly. could I forget? But, um, it? Couldn't forget yeah, it. Yep. <laughs> Lisa, out of curiosity, do you feel like Bonnie McMurray has had at least a little bit of an arc? Because and maybe I'm maybe I'm reading too much into it. But at the at first, Bonnie McMurray was just eye candy, which is really uncomfortable because I think the actress whose name escapes me was like 16 at the time. She was like a may. college freshman. Yeah. Or, yeah. Was, whatever the case may be. It was yeah. it's a little creepy. But nevertheless, she was very young. Yeah. Yeah. Over over the seasons, I feel like there's not to say that, you know, she's she's done a 180, but I feel like she's certainly gotten more substance substantive screen time and and more meaningful time than she did at first which was basically just for everyone to look at her and go bonnie, bonnie McMurray. McMurray. hi wayne so i, I oh yeah he's like <laughs> nope too young yep. I, I think what i like is um i i don't know and can't verify this in any way but my sense is is that um one of the reasons that bonnie McMurray has been brought on more and more is it's nice for katie to have a girlfriend to talk to and do mm, stuff with because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this show is really really good at showing male friendships and all sorts of iterations and all of the guys have someone they can hang around with more or less and you know katie's got her katie's got the rest of her uh you know hicks but with bonnie she's got like a girlfriend and one of the things i really did like about season nine was seeing like the girls of letter Kenny hang out together too um i don't remember the name of the episode but basically the one where um like Rosie and uh, Gail. Gail, yeah. Yeah, Rosie and Gail and Bonnie are all hanging out together. Um, oh, the sleepover, yeah. right? Sleepover. Yeah, the sleepover, title, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, we, we, and we find out that the hockey players share a bed, uh, which, <laughs> oh, which I think is so cute. Um, <laughs> but, um, like, I've talked to Phil about this a little bit. Like, one of the th- I, I and I like Leonard Kenny a whole lot, but... Um, 
I can never really tell with Bonnie McMurray, like how much of it is, um, you know, like a lot of it feels super male gazy, like especially the Halloween special. <laughs> and I'm not sure how much of that is, well, you know, we do it because we can and how much of it is them, you know, either being in on the joke or ask or, or forcing viewers to confront that. But yeah, I, I like how she's been fleshed out a little bit more. Knowing, I think you make a good point about trying to get a, a uh, girl squad together in the later seasons. I, I think you're right about that. Knowing Letterkenny, I would say it's all of the above for Bonnie McMurray, right? Like it is, mm. she is representing the kind of character who you see in TV and movies, who is the eye candy character. She's the you know, like the sure thing. It's that kind of thing, right? She's like, oh. And so they literally, she comes out and everybody goes bonnie mcmurray right like that's part of it Mm -hmm. but also it's commenting on that at the same time and that becomes kind of the joke is that and then you realize in a and she's got her interest in wayne eventually and she's like like it's an interesting progression where i think it is both a cheap joke and a comment on the cheap joke and then they spend enough time there that they can do more with it as time goes on but yeah i think it's a little bit of both though you're you're right. It, it it it's well earlier. It's like she's got the crush on Wayne. She's young and she's got the crush on Wayne. That's sort of the joke. Oh, a huge that's the crush. joke at yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And she hates Mary Fred too because there's there's a, yeah. Every time they're at the bar, she's just shooting daggers at her and making fun of her drink orders. <laughs> Let's see. There are so many other supporting characters in the show. I don't know if anybody wants to mention anybody else that that is that we already mentioned. Oh, Shorzy, forget Tannis. Tan- oh, Tannis. Yeah. oh yeah. So one of the things that happens is is that we learn about the the uh, First Nations people who are on the reserve that are the natives, and that mm-hmm. is and Tannis is basically in charge of that. And they have they have a hockey team, of course, and there's a scandal involving the hockey team and all of that. But Tannis and Tannis has got like she's got her kind of i don't know just a little light organized crime kind of a little yeah. bit <laughs> yeah 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 tannis is an entrepreneur in she, a couple different she areas. is but with <laughs> with a lot of depth in fact I, you know other than katie is tannis the most fleshed out woman in the cast for most of the run of the show i don't know yes i yeah. will say like the one episode where um they immediately blow up the Wayne Tannis romance by, oh, she's kind of rougher on the edges. And like, part of me was like, really? Because we hadn't seen much evidence of that before. And, and to have her turn into like this, 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 this burping hooligan, <laughs> like it was funny. Don't get me wrong, but it felt like they're like, okay, we're raising the possibility with these two and then we're going to smack it down because it's just not going to work. So this is how we're doing it. But otherwise I love her. And yeah. I love that. Um, I love that she has ambition and I love that she's really clear about, you know, she's a hundred percent for the res. Like this is why she bought the letter Kenny Irish. This is why she was launching that energy train. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, and she's just, she's just one of my favorites. Oh, one of the things I like too, is I was watching an interview with her and um, she says that the letter Kenny team, basically like gives her and um the other indigenous folks um a lot of latitude on the scripting and their plot lines their lines and their costuming and their whole attitude is you guys live these experiences we don't and i i want to call that out as like a really good practice for yeah. a show for for any yeah. show but especially this show you know so i just i think it's great and i think more people should know the letter kenny actually does that <laughs> 
I, I do think it's worth noting that there is apparently no one in the show over the age. Of, no one in Letterkenny is under the age of uh, 16 or over the age of uh, of 35. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is weird. That is it's, weird. It's, it's like Logan's run, but north of the border. <laughs> so so we know a few things. We know that Wayne is the toughest guy in town. Yes. And we, and we also know that he hates children. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So perhaps in this capacity... Wayne has chased away all of the families with children. Yep, sure. <laughs> so that Letter Kenny may remain a child free paradise. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. true. Yeah, because there's no need to have old people in town because they can't visit their grandchildren. Wayne has kicked them all out of Letterkenny. There are there are no professionals of middle age and above because all of the occupations they would support are where the children are, which are clearly in another town since Wayne has ejected them from this one. <laughs> well, and I, I think, though, in terms of uh, other characters and folks that are older, we we can't neglect to talk about Noah Dick and Anita Dick. And that Thank whole, you. That whole Thank you so much. I was about to do the same thing. <laughs> So I guess I am still a a you know fifteen year old child exactly. man b- yeah. man baby, but oh my gosh, the the episodes where the Mennonites show up, I oh, am so rolling good. every single time, and the double entendres, and, and oh, it's it's such. It's How does such that actor even manage humor, to say but, the lines? Right, <laughs> and the, the humor is so lowbrow and stupid, they but the writing is so good. Lavina Dick, for heaven's sake! <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the title of the episode is "Dick Slip Out." <laughs> although, my, my, although my favorite thing is Sarah Wayne Kelly's is is the best in that role, um, and just the way she she says, "The men are talking dairy." <laughs> 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 Oh, I just I find I, I'm glad place. you brought it up, Don, because uh, the, the the Mennonites they just crack me up, and it's they're they're so over the top innocent and so over the top ignorant, and it's just hilarious watching how uncomfortable everyone else is with what's going on. You know, it's not one of those things where everyone that's on screen is is in on the joke. It it it's that everyone on screen except the Mennonites are like, what is happening <laughs> right now? Which I think yeah. makes it even funnier. But boy, they boy can boy can they run? <laughs> so good. Run. Yeah, that that's a great example also of the the sketch comedy kind of nature of the show where they're like, we got a we got yeah, a good yeah, yeah. bit here. Yeah. We're gonna just yep. do this, and it's like yeah. a pun run, except it's with characters' names, and they're just gonna commit to it. And and then if it, they bring them back later and they call back to it, then that's all fine. But it's really just we're here because we want to make these jokes. And 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 Letter Kenny, <laughs> there's no joke that is beneath Letter Kenny, right? Like they're gonna. They're, that's the beauty of it is it's very. I think maybe this goes to the core of why I love this show is it's a bunch of really smart people who are very happy to make very dumb jokes. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 in the, in that same in that same genre, we we can't forget about. Jim uh, Dickson, Dick or, or whatever his name is today, <laughs> right? who's the auctioneer? Yeah, yes, who, yes, yes. Who, he speaks like an auctioneer. <laughs> Anybody know got any other characters? Any other characters in the letter? Like going once, going twice. Jim Dickens. Yes, the six foot ten man. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. So who's good. apparently well endowed, as we learned from Gale in season mm-hmm. nine. And he's oh, and he's God. the he's the auctioneer. And you'd be thinking like, well, a guy who's an auctioneer who speaks like an auctioneer. Uh, there, there. You can't do much with that character. It's like, but you exactly. You'd be surprised, exactly. You'd be surprised oh, you what you can yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and very so passionate good. about the boot scoot uh, boogie. <laughs> I guess. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. Yep. Jim Dickens, good one, good one. And we mentioned Tyson and Joint Boy, so we don't need to go there yeah. again. That's all. Uh, 
there's a whole it's a you know simpsons level of almost of uh a rogues gallery of characters that kind of come and go and uh that's part of the that's part of the beauty of uh of letter kenny as they bring him in when they got uh a, a comedy bit for him i think i mean one of the things i think appeals about the show now i discovered it in season seven or something like that so i had a lot of episodes to binge but i really appreciate that they're that they're short um Agreed. that they yep, they sort of sure. get in and get out and do the jokes they're going to do and they've got one bit that they're going to do or maybe there's two or three that they're going to interleave but like you, these are the jokes folks and then they're gone and that the seasons aren't too long there are lots of them but they aren't too long and uh i, I think that that's part of the appeal of the show too is that it it, it is a real light touch it doesn't um it doesn't try to take too much of your time. Uh, they know what they're trying to do, which is do some funny jokes and get get out as quickly as they can. I, I appreciate that about it. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> do we even know what the deal is with Wayne and Katie's family? Like, did their parents die no. or leave or whatever? No, we don't they're just, know. We don't know. No. They're just not around. And, and Keith has been like, you're not going to find out. He's like, we're not interested in talking about it. You're not going to find out. And I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's fine. I don't need to move to Victoria. Uh, I think it's why we didn't care. We well, why we didn't care for uh, little Kenny. Uh, yeah, because it's yeah. it's too much. Oh well, here they are meeting as as elementary school mm. kids. Yeah, I don't want to know that. Do we do we even know any McMurray's first names except for Bonnie? I mean, it's just McMurray no, and, and Mrs. Mrs. McMurray. Right? No, I, exactly. I think they I was just looking at this earlier today and I think that in one episode I'd read that they mentioned that McMurray is Mark, if I remember correctly. It was like said offhandedly one episode one time. I can't I might be lying to you. But nobody calls him that, that's right? What I'd read. He's just McMurray. Yeah. Exactly. No, they just call him in- inexplicably <laughs> McMurray. As you should, yes. Yeah, this is such a weird show. But like, I mean, this is why I wanted to talk about it, is that the ninth season was coming on Christmas, which it did, and, and it's all on Hulu. And my understanding is that there's more. I think it got I think it got renewed for a couple of seasons, uh, at least. They Bell, Bell Media seems to be happy to just like keep paying them, writing those checks. The the you know, forget about the little Kenny checks. Here's the big check. It's for the letter Kenny checks. But <laughs> as long as they've got jokes to tell, perhaps they will keep uh, doing it. But like I, I just it's 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 delightful and unlike anything I've ever seen, I guess. And, and maybe that's to bring it back around and, and, and wrap it up. Like that's to me the thing that's remarkable about Letterkenny is not only is it funny, it's just in surprising ways of mixing things that I don't expect to see mixed. But it is it's not a format there. I'm like, well, it's kind of like this show. I've heard somebody say it's kind of like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-mm. A little bit, but that one is that one relies more heavily on plotting than on um, than on necessarily dialogue. No, uh, I'd say that, I'd say that Sunny has a spirit of malice to it, and that's not yeah, a that's bad true. Thing. And it's also a that's much, not and that's not a bad yeah. thing. No, 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 um, but, no. It, but it's totally appropriate for the show. But it's much nastier. Yeah. Than, yeah. Than well, this is for, for all of all of these issues, you know, and all the all the drinking and the and the drugs and the and the the fighting and all of those things. It's a sweet show, and it's super verbal. Like that's the thing about it that that I think is the most notable is that it, it is about words and language and talking and puns and jokes and rat tat tat dialogue riffing. Yeah. And yeah, and like very much comedy room writers room riffing at times. And that's part of what I what I appreciate about it is is that it, it has that <laughs> that in, in, a trait that I don't I find in other shows. 
Jason, it's a lot like the flop house in a way, where where they just take a joke and just keep riffing on it until uh until it reaches its natural conclusion, or they just become <laughs> tired of making well, the joke. and the flop house is and, comedy and, and, is and comedy then, writer room kind of vibe too, which is why I keep mentioning sketch comedy, because it does feel like the people, the writers and also the actors, like everybody is basically involved like it's a Saturday Night Live sketch, except it's we're gonna do a season of Letterkenny. What can the characters do? What are some jokes? What are the pitch some ideas and then they all get kind of diced up and placed in episodes it, it feels very much like they're riffing on their comedy ideas and you know and i really appreciate that that uh, that jason because it, it, that had never occurred to me but i think i think you're absolutely right like that that is really what it feels like and now have, having heard you say that i i can't unsee it right that's that's really is what the show is and then the 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 story arcs and the and the seasons just sort of tie the bits together right yeah i mean you you don't have like you know, Monty Python or the kids in the hall doesn't have, there are recurring characters, right? But it's not like a show about five characters who every sketch is about those characters. It's not like that. They're sketch comedy. It's different. Everyone is different. And, and maybe you've got some recurring bits. Letterkenny feels kind of like a sketch comedy show, except it's in the same town with the same characters. And they are going to be the characters you can, you're going to need to use to execute your comedy bit. Um, and like when we were talking about the skids earlier, I'm like, you know, I see some Wayne's world in there a little bit like darker, but like it's, it's the kind of same idea, which is I've got these characters that we're going to, you know, when Wayne's world was on SNL, they had, they did, you know, as is tradition for SNL, about 15 too many sketches with those characters, but they did explore them and and they do that with skids and the Hicks and the hockey players. And they're always trying to find the next kind of series of comedy bits they can dangle off of these characters that we've known for 60 episodes which is uh yeah it's it's refreshing but yeah you can see the one almost see the one-upsmanship in the comedy right like the mm-hmm. characters do it but you know the writers are doing that too yeah <laughs> i mean at some point we're going to get a season where like Stuart gets a not Stuart, where world gets a boyfriend and Stuart loses his mind because he can't handle not being the locus of attention like you can kind of <laughs> like, see some of these plots coming down the pipe um yeah sure but it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun watching them get there and then watching how they play out because these guys clearly love everyone yeah. of these characters and if it's just dairy and and uh and uh wayne and katie and squirrely dan sitting around the the breakfast table talking honestly like that's a show that's a show that's fine like that's that, that's yeah. four episodes yeah, right there. it's it's <laughs> fine you could do that because those characters are fun and the stuff they talk about is fun and you know and and i should mention the bit about about uh uh, uh la and we could go to LA. LA. The, the backstory LA. there is. That, Did you get some tacos and in LA? The backstory there. Can you get hiking? It, get some is tacos. Is Jared Kiso mm-hmm. tried to go to LA and be a uh, be a, a, an actor dude in Hollywood, and he, it was apparently a terrible experience, and he hated every minute of it. And he decided he would come back to Canada and try to do TV in Canada, and then he made Letterkenny. And so whenever they get the knives out for LA, I'm like, well, I know where that came from. Billy, <laughs> 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 really, you were gonna say. <laughs> I was going to say, do we want to each uh, pick an episode or recommend an episode or go around that's, the table? That's a great idea. It's all on Hulu. You can pick something out yeah. to, to watch. Let's uh, let's do it. Phil, why don't you get us started then? Since I suggested it, Uncle Eddie's Trust from season two. Uh, outstanding episode of Uncle Eddie. Often mentioned, never seen. Uh, beloved uh, beloved former mayor, I guess, of Letterkenny. Uh, leaves some money to Katie and Wayne, and they have to decide how to spend it. And it becomes a Shark Tank-like pitch session involving every reality show known to man. It's great. 
It's fantastic. Wayne's evisceration of the bachelor alone is is delightful. Uh-huh. <laughs> Worth the price of admission. Oh yeah. So that's me. All right, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um so mine is season 4 episode 2, A Fuss at the Golf Course. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is the first mention of the coach's beloved wife, Barb. Uh, <laughs> you also find out that Mrs. McMurray is a serious animal lover. Special <laughs> place in heaven for him. That's what I always say. And um, the scene where she and Mr. McMurray describe what's being done to the Canada gooses is uh, yes, yes, yes. It's just it's a delight, um, and it also shows. It, it it basically there. I don't think there's any skids in that episode. I can't remember actually. There, there think, really isn't. I don't. Think. No, it's pretty much them going to a golf course. Um, the the Granite Ridge Copper Creek uh, golf <laughs> golf course and country <laughs> club, and wreaking havoc on the people who are violating the Canada gooses and upsetting Wayne's idea of what the natural order of things should be. Well, if and you got a just, problem with Canada goose, you got a problem, got with, problem me, with me, and I I suggest you marinate on that. <laughs> and what I love about it is it shows that the Hicks are actually really good at practical problems solving because they're like okay yeah fine the geese are a problem they solve the problem they also get some of their own back on behalf of the, the uh, on behalf of the the majestic canada gooses <laughs> and it's such a it's it's absurd from like beginning to end like the supernatural powers they're ascribing to canada gooses um and and the 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 hysteria that that mounts over the course of the episode is fantastic um when i'm feeling down or if I just want something that I know is going to make me laugh reliably, I'll watch this one over and over. All right, Casey, do you have a favorite episode? You know, it's it's almost out of the spirit of the show, but I really do love the end of season eight, like I was talking about earlier, when they go and they go and get Dirks. I just feel like it's such a perfect ending, although as a, as a consolation prize... I, I I would be remiss not to mention St. Perfect's Day. We didn't really talk about the specials at all, but um, but you know they do holiday specials uh, most years, or I guess at least periodically. And St. Perfect's Day is great because it's about my birthday, which is St. Patrick's Day. So no, you got you got to choose that one. Yeah, Don, any favorite? Well, so I I didn't want to get scooped, so I've got four, but I'll I'll go with my strongest <laughs> <All right>. one. <laughs> <laughs> And that is that is season three, episode four, Les Heeks. Oh, where, you, just, uh, oh you, you got me. You got me. That was what I was going to pick. I got to pick something else quick. Go ahead. Talk about it. It's great. It's a great uh, episode. Yeah. So it, it, so basically what happens is that they uh, they, they go uh, ice fishing. I, ice, excuse me. The Hicks go ice uh-huh. fishing in Quebec. Yeah, I love going to Quebec. <laughs> and uh they meet their french canadian counterparts and it is absolutely delightful it is a pitch perfect it's like looking in a mirror except they're french and it's yep, just very good it's just it's it's it this is it's a canadian show and this is a canadian thing and it's just it's just delightful and uh yeah it's 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 just and i think i think the canadian french canadian counterparts make a reappearance in a later episode as well um but it's just a delightful episode yeah, well, that's the one I was going to pick. So I, I'm going to go to what I referenced earlier, which is season one, episode two, the super soft birthday. Because uh, yeah, it's Jerry's awesome. yeah. birthday, and they got to give him a party, and they give him a super soft party. The uh, <laughs> Which is so weird. It's very it strange. So weird. The, the unicorn. <laughs> they want to give him the softest birthday party possible, and that's like the goal is to make it as soft as possible so that they're kind of mocking but also cheering Derry by doing that but yeah Le- Le- les hicks is that is so good the ice fishing because again that's the that's the delight of these seasons not when you get to a new season and, and you realize like literally we've gone from summer to winter 
I love that. And the, the holiday specials are hilarious because they tend to be in the wrong season. So there'll be a line of dialogue like, yep, 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 yeah, yep. it's awfully bi- been awfully warm the last few weeks <laughs> because it's supposed to be winter and it, there's no snow. Yeah. Oh, anything before we wrap it up? Any, any more thoughts about our, our, our friends in Canada? Yeah. You know, something I've realized about this show is I, I think a, a metric for how much we like, you know, my wife and I like a show is how much of the show's unique vernacular ends up in our like family vernacular. So, you know, like, <laughs> ew, David, like that quickly yeah. jumped into our vernacular. And I feel like so much from Letterkenny has jumped into the family's vernacular, you know, pitter patter, um, can confirm uh, that's a Texas size 10, four, like so much has jumped no. into like, Right, exactly. <laughs> so much. I'm surprised we're not talking about how things have jumped into our vocabulary right now. Yeah, it, it's, just so, it's so much is is in the List family lexicon now, and and I think that's delightful, and I think it's a really good sign that not only did we love the show, yeah, that's what we appreciate about the show. Um, it, there's so much to, to to grab onto here, and and I think if there's anything that all of us have been trying to say this entire hour is that. there is way more than meets the eye to this show and it is worth your time. And it's not one of those things like the other comedy that I tried to watch that was terrible, uh, where you have to like really work at it for a while to get it. You're either going to like it or you're not. And if you do, there's so much to love and there's so much there and there's so much deeper than you would expect. And and I just love this program so much. All right. Well, there it is. Go uh, watch Letter Kenny. And if you've watched it, uh, I don't know, watch it again. It's uh, it's funny. It's good. Let me thank my panel uh, for being here and helping me out, trying to explain what is so great about this show. Casey Liss, thank you for being here. You know, your problematic language is showing up in my Yelp review. <laughs> Don Schaffner, thank you. Thank you, Jason. Uh, we'll snipe Sally, boys. <laughs> Phil Michaels, uh, Ferda. That's a Texas size 10 4, Jason. <laughs> and Lisa Schmeiser, thank you. Stare it! <laughs> Had to get one more in there. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to this and every episode of The Incomparable. That's what I appreciate about you. We'll see you next week. Bye.